to Debut Spotlight. I'm Rachel Barenbaum, author of A Bend in the Stars. And today, my guest is Donna Freitas. She's the author of The Nine Lives of Rose Napolitano. This book was so good. I couldn't put it down. I absolutely loved it. Donna, tell me, what is your book about? Thanks for having me today. Um, so I guess my, my elevator pitch is uh, my book, The Nine Lives of Rose Napolitano, is about a woman who has never wanted children, but her marriage has come to rest on whether or not she will change her mind. And so the reader sees nine different versions of Rose, and some she has a baby, and some she doesn't. And all of them, she's dealing with marriage, motherhood in some way, shape, or form, career, friendship, divorce. Uh, all kinds of issues. And, and also I think it's very much a mother-daughter story in lots of different ways, but especially between Rose and her own mothers. Uh, there were two parts of this book that I loved so much. In particular was, I kept thinking the whole time, like, do we have to be mothers, right? Why do we feel like we have to be mothers? <laughs> was this a question you were thinking about as you wrote this? Yeah, I, I mean, one of, I knew when I asked myself what I wanted to write next, uh, when I was thinking about what would, what would this be? I knew immediately, oh, I wanna write about a woman who doesn't want children. And so that was, that was what motivated me to write the book. And I don't really feel like I see too many women without children or women who don't want children reflected in literature, uh, unless they're sort of, you know, the woman in the attic or, you know, the, the sort of old sad spinster that we're supposed to feel bad, you know, for, or, you know, women who are on the cusp of marriage and we assume they're gonna have children, but actually just the woman who decides I don't want this is not one that we tend to see. And so, and I also feel like in our culture, we don't really, we tend not to think of motherhood as a question, like, do I wanna become a mother? Uh, we think of it as an assumption and people assume it for us, even if we are asking that question. And so it just felt like a really complicated space to locate a character and see what would happen to her if she really embodied that identity. I love that because I, I wish we were talking more about that, you know, the, the decision not to be a mother, right? It's a, it's a freeing, beautiful decision that people can make and yet it's like taboo to discuss. I wonder actually if because of COVID and because of all that we've been learning about how much women who are mothers have suffered during COVID because they're essentially homeschooling and often also having full-time jobs, you know, or they've left their jobs because they can't do it all. And everything has really fallen to them. And, and I've wondered if this is going to be finally the, the thing that makes the generation coming up, like see motherhood as a choice, not an obligation or an assumption. So, so I'm curious uh, where that will go with this generation. Right, and also um, to move the conversation towards it being such a privilege, right? That we can even discuss this is just an amazing step forward also. Um, so another sort of undercurrent that um, I saw in the book that I wanted to ask you about, if it's actually there, is I sort of felt like I was reading sort of this academic, you know, sort of feminist undertone, like Simone de Beauvoir is a little bit in there, <laughs> like, you know, uh, Betty Friedan, like, are these women's voices in your head as you're writing? Do you, do you hear them? 
Oh, yeah, they're all around me, actually, on my bookshelves. <laughs> so, um, oh, amazing. So I, I have a, a PhD in gender studies and specifically in postmodern feminist philosophy of religion. So I, I did sort of the, you know, feminist thinkers boot camp. Um, I studied uh, womanist thinkers. I studied Asian feminists. Like I studied uh, a whole range of feminism, uh, mujeristas. So, and so that was a huge part of my um, my academic upbringing. And you know, I think whenever I'm writing, uh, all these uh, women thinkers that I've been studying over the years and who have really influenced me as a thinker myself and as an academic are are all sort of like crowded in there with me. And so I I do think that this particular book is maybe the most feminist book I've written. I've written a lot of pretty feminist books, I think. But this one, I just felt like, uh, well, I, I actually wondered if it was going to be too feminist for people or if people would be offended by some of the things that are said, that I like that Rose said, says or thinks in, in the book. So it was a really pleasant surprise when, um, when, when, first of all, when the book got bought, but also when other people started to really uh, be excited about it. So, so yeah, I, I feel like you need a reading companion, like, you know, read these books and these women <laughs> to go with these ideas, because I just, you know, they were there for me in the book, you know, taking me back to my women's studies classes, like, you oh, know, in these theories. I'm really happy to hear. I'm so happy to hear that. So I feel like, you know, they are with me when I'm writing all of these different thinkers that especially that I was also reading when I was in my 20s and, and my early 30s and I was really thinking about this question myself and so they were sort of helping me parse out my answers to the, some of the questions Rose is dealing with so they're kind of helping her do that too. This was another like very philosophical part of the book is where are the key decisions in your life? Like, where do you make a decision that's going to change your trajectory? And on the one hand, you could say, well, every day you make a decision that changes it. But on the other hand, there are sort of bigger points, right? That, that change the bigger direction. Um, and I love how you handled that. Could you tell me a little bit about how you thought about that? In terms of the, well, there's the fight that Rose has with her husband. So. The prenatal vitamins, right? So you start for every, every chapter starts with that, but then her life, right, takes a different direction, right? The nine lives. <laughs> so how did you think well, of each so, one? Did you lay them out? You know, how did you conceive of them? I, when I realized, like, so first I, I had to come up with this idea that I could do all the nine different versions. Originally, I just knew I want to write a book about a woman who doesn't want children, but then I was paralyzed about which woman would I write? Like, would I write the one who didn't want children but had them anyway and then was angry and upset about it? Or would I write the one who didn't want children, had them anyway, and actually turned out fine, like she liked it? Or would I, would I write the one who dug in her heels and refused and then ended up divorced or ended up happy because of it or ended up miserable because of it? And I just couldn't decide. And then one day uh, I was sitting in a church at a lecture so I wasn't actually going to church, but I was at a lecture and I had a paper and pen because I was ostensibly going to be taking notes. And then suddenly it popped into my head, like, what if I could write all, all the different versions of this woman who's in my head? And so I just jotted them all down. I was like, oh, she's going to do this. One could do this. One could do this. Like, I, I knew right away what they would be. And, um, and so then once I knew I had to figure out what was the starting place. And when I landed on the fight, 
then I was like, oh, I know how to begin this book. Cause I feel like the fight they have over prenatal vitamins that you keep seeing over and over again, that feels like such a married fight. Cause it's sort of a dumb fight. You know, like it's like a stupid thing. You're fighting over something stupid but often it's those stupid things that we fight about in our relationships that become symbolic of the whole relationship. So what you're doing is actually fighting about the entirety of your existence and this relationship. So then it felt like, oh, that's like a really, that's a really good place to begin because I could imagine this fight going in all sorts of different ways. So, um, so it was really fun to find that specifically to start the book with. I can't believe that that was easy for you to think of all those different ways that the life would go. Because I, like, I would be sitting there for you know months. Like, what else? What's funny? What what's funny about that actually is, with with writing, I feel like I I always have these very clear instincts. Like, once I think of something, I'm like, oh, that's it. That's how this starts, or that's how this ends, and then I'm very committed to it. But in my actual real life, I agonize over everything, like every single thing, like. What should I eat for lunch? I just don't know. So, um, so I wish I could be the way my writing is like in my own real life. Like I wish I had those clear instincts, but I don't. Yeah, oh my goodness. So one thing that I really wanted to ask you is um, as an author who's written this book that is, it touches so much of people's personal lives. Did you prepare for people to want or expect access to your personal life as a result of writing this? Like, how did, how did you get ready uh, for that? I don't know how ready I am for that. I mean, it's definitely, it's one of the questions I keep getting when I've done interviews and just when, you know, even one of the first things my, um, my editor asked me, like, when I met her, the first time I met her just after she had read the book and, and bought it was just like, so how much of this is you? <laughs> I was like, right. oh, go. Um, I mean, I think it's, I think it's complicated. The book is a work of fiction. It's absolutely a work of fiction, but obviously I'm the person who wrote it and it's informed by the kinds of things that I think about. And, and I do really believe that we do write from experience, but I think the fun thing about writing fiction is that you, you often something start with something that's yours, but then you kind of like, you know, give it away to someone else, like your characters, and you see what they do with it. And then it really takes on a life of its own. And so I think that's one of the pleasures of writing it. So it is very close to me, but it's absolutely not my life. Or I mean, obviously, there's nine lives. Um, but it's right. kind of intense. Like, uh, in one of my events this week, one of the first questions the person asked was like, so did you have a fight with your husband about vitamins? <laughs> I was like, Oh, here we go. Um, Aside from the question of, you know, whether you have to be a mother, <laughs> which is a huge one, I guess, right, given that, what is it that you want people to be talking about or thinking about when they finish your book? Oh, that's a good question. Well, I, you know, I definitely want them to t talk about that question about motherhood, but also I think so much of this book is just about women's choices in general and the ways that society judge like society judges women for all their choices, no matter what. It's like women, whether like the choices they make around their career or their friendships and how they prioritize things, you know, their marriage, divorce, you know, their own relationship with their mothers. Like, I feel like women are judged left and right, no matter what they do. And I really feel like at the heart of this book is, you know, women's choice and like celebrating that and sort of like really protecting women's rights, like their right to make choices for themselves. 
and to know themselves and to have like society trust that. But also I feel like this is a book about women who love women. Like Rose loves her mother. Rose loves the daughter, you know, that she has when she has one. Rose and her friend like love each other to death. Like, so there's a lot of love between women, I think in this, in this book. And I hope that as challenging as some of the decisions Rose might make will, will be, um, I hope that the, the love and respect that I have for women, their relationships and their choices really comes through for the readers who pick up this book. Um, switching gears a little bit, uh, you have written so many books. <laughs> You've written, right, memoir, YA, middle grade, but this is your first, I think what is being called adult, literary fiction, right? Um, how different was it to write this book? You know, it wasn't that different in the sense that I, it's not like I woke up one day and was like, this time I'm gonna write an adult novel. It was more just, I woke up one day and was like, okay, what do I wanna do next? And the topic came up and I thought, well, I guess that means I'm gonna write an adult novel because it's obviously not gonna be YA. And so, so, you know, I, I just kind of like, it, it felt like just writing another book, except the difference was I was dealing with ver a very different time of life. And so, you know, I had never written a book that dealt with marriage and divorce and affairs and, you know, all sorts of like having children or not having children and the kinds of tensions that can grow in a family around that question and um, what happens to, you know, your, um, your daughter when she's, you know, making these decisions around her marriage and, and, and having children. And so, so it, the topic was obviously, or the topics I could explore were different and it felt kind of exhilarating to write in this other space where I could be talking about things like marriage and divorce. Cause you can't do that in YA. I think, yeah, you just can't do that in YA. It just doesn't really work. Um, so that felt really fun, but in a lot of ways, you know, I, I learned to write novels by writing YA in middle grade. And so I just took all those tools that I had and I, I applied them to the book that I wrote. And so I don't know if it'll feel like reading a YA novel for adults. Did it feel like that to you? No, it did not. Definitely felt like adult literary fiction. That, that was a good, good label. So what advice do you have for new or aspiring writers? Oh, I always tell my students to, um, to write like their life depends on it. Like, I think, because I do sort of feel that way. I, I told myself this year that I was going to stop saying that I know this sounds cheesy, but I can't seem to do it because I do know that this sounds cheesy. But, um, but I do feel like fiction is one of those things that like, I need it with my whole heart. Like, I, I tend to need the books that I write, like I need to write them because I'm getting something out of them. Like I go to my my book each day, like I would a therapist kind of. And I think it's totally okay to need to work something out via the story that you're telling. I actually think it can give it natural momentum and like urgency. And so I kind of feel like if you sort of give yourself the novel like a gift, which again, I know sounds cheesy. Um, like if you let yourself, if, it, if you let it be a gift, to yourself, then you're gonna write the book, like the best book that you can and that it's okay to do that. So I guess I would urge writers to, to like 
rather than maybe like look at what the what's going on in the market or you know or what's popular just to at, like really look inward and ask yourself what is it that I most need to deal with and then sort of put it to a story and then I feel like you know you'll you'll end up loving writing it and um and, and you'll write the best that you can. Anna, thank you so much. I love, loved your adult literary debut. <laughs> All those words come together, but I love the